Welcome to episode 80 of the Sports Corner Podcast. My name is Nick, joined as always by my good friend Stephen. And tonight we're going to look at this new NIL rule that is being rolled out. We're going to look at this week in sports. We're also going to talk about is a hot dog a sandwich? It's an important question that we need to answer. All of that and more on episode 80 of the Sports Corner Podcast. Stephen, how are you? I'm just fantastic. Happy Mother's Day. Day, day after Mother's Day, but happy Mother's Day to all you mothers out there. Yes, happy day after Mother's Day, indeed, to all of those who are such a big impact in people's lives. Well, before we jump into the world of sports tonight, we got a couple of those pre-show announcements that we want to get through, and that is, first and foremost, telling you where you can find the pod. We are live on twitch.tv slash pastornick86 on Monday nights. We go live with an 8.30 pre-show. You can watch me struggle through Wordle and Quirtle. You can also just kind of chill and hang out with us, get uh, get that just good interaction in, and then the show starts at 9 o'clock. We'd love for you to be a part of that. Come hang out with us. You can also have or find us on your favorite podcast app every Monday night, Tuesday morning at the latest. Uh, we're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Play. We're wherever you can find your podcast. So please find us. Please follow the pod. And then please rate the pod five stars. Stephen, did you know that you can rate podcast on Spotify now? I don't think you can do that, but you can. So today I went and gave us a five star review. I hope you guys will do the same. It doesn't even, it doesn't even to my understanding, um, ask you to write anything. So all you have to do is just, you know, click that five star and it'll help us. Yeah. I like it. Excuse me. Had a cough there. Wanted not to do that in the mic. So I muted. Anyway, so uh, leave us that five-star review. We would appreciate it. If you do write a review on like Apple Podcasts or whatever, we will read it live on the pod. You can also follow us on social media. Uh, we have a Facebook and a Twitter page for the show. It's at Sports Corner 865. And then I'm on uh, the Twitter at Pastor Nick 86. Steven is at Stephen McCoy 23. And then as always, the link to the Discord is going to be in the show notes. It's also popping up in the chat right now if you're watching on Twitch. Join the Discord. We have great conversation. There's some lively discussion going on right now about the NHL playoffs um, and other things like that going on. So join the Discord. Be a part of that community. And we would love to see you there. So that's some of those pre-show announcements. Even anything pre-show that that uh, that you need to mention? I never ask you that. And I feel like maybe you got something. No, I'm good. I just leave the pre-service up to you. You do, and I appreciate so that good because, at that. I, you know, as you like to point out sometimes, I apparently don't contribute much to this podcast, but that's one thing that I can do. So with that You're, in mind, Stephen, one yeah. of the things that you contribute greatly to this podcast is by compiling a list of things that are going on mm-hmm. in the world of sports, and you give us a This Week in Sports. Are you yeah. ready with your This Week in Sports segment, Stephen? I am ready with your This Week in Sports That's list. right. That's right. I prepared This Week in Sports this week. So you know, you. about a month ago, Stephen, you came to me and you're like, I've got this idea for a new segment. And I said, yeah. okay, hit me with it. And you're like, it's a This Week in Sports. And I said, isn't that what our podcast is kind of about? And you're like, well, I'm going to just hit the highlights of the week that yeah. might not be worthy of a full episode discussion. And I was like, that sounds great because you'll cover sports. I don't have to. And life will be good. Um, yeah. And then, you know, the last like two or three weeks, you um, just haven't done In it. The last so. two. Okay. And last week, last week uh, we had a full deck of cards. We, did. we really did. 
I'm just so, have to harass you because it's uh, easy to do. Last week no, was but, all um, draft talk. It was. We were all about the draft, all about the draft. No treble, no treble. Uh, however, oh. I came up this uh, week with a little this week in sports. It's not going to be as good as yours. We just know that to be true. But that's okay. It's better than nothing. So without further ado, I don't even have like a really cool soundbite that I can play because the one that I have says, you know, with your host, Stephen McCoy. And so I can't even play that. So I've got to do it live. You're making me do this live. Here we go. <clears throat> and now, with This Week in Sports, it's the better host, Nick, 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 Nick. A lot of great things going on in the world of sports. Some good, some bad, some in between. The 2022 NFL schedules are set to be released this Thursday. Uh, Tom Brady's retirement and unretirement shenanigans kind of force schedules to schedulers to have to like go back to the drawing board. Um, according to some sources, it really threw them for a bit of a tizzy because obviously you want to get your star players, your star power, your star teams uh, in front of eyes during ideal times. And so, uh, you know, when Tom Brady went to good old Tampa Bay, that shot Tampa Bay up in the whole get them in front of eyes things. And surprisingly, not perhaps when he retired, kind of took some of that uh, appeal of getting them on national TV away. However, they're back. Uh, Tom Brady's back, so that kind of put some hijinks in it. Um, however, there have been some games already uh, released, including uh, a bit of a new thing, not entirely new, but kind of new for the NFL, including a Monday night football doubleheader. We're going to see this uh, at least in week two, I think other times throughout the season. So September 19th. We'll get two games being played at the same time, which is kind of an interesting concept, in my opinion. Uh, the game is going to be, or games, I should say, are going to be the Tennessee Titans at the Buffalo Bills. That'll be played at 7.15 Eastern Time on ESPN. And then the second game uh, is going to be between the Philadelphia Eagles, who will host the Minnesota Vikings at a game that starts at 8.30 uh, PM Eastern Time on ABC. So one of those games cable, one of those games on your good old local stations, but both games will be overlapping for at least a great segment of them. Be interesting. A lot of football, you have to kind of choose between what you're watching. On the bit of a sadder news side of things, um, former NBA and college basketball star uh, Adrian Payne um, played at Michigan State and then was a first-round NBA draft pick, was shot and killed at age 31 this past week. Uh, he was the 15th pick in the 2014 draft uh, to Atlanta. Uh, only played in Atlanta for one year, then he was kind of shuffled around, I think, to the Timberwolves, and then eventually to the Magic. Spent a couple of years mostly playing in their, um, their kind of G League, uh, not really making the roster, and then eventually went and played some overseas. Um, most recently um, have been played overseas as well. Uh, there has been an arrest in his um, murder already. I won't mention that because you can find that if you want to. We are not a law or politics podcast for that. Go check out our friends over at The Political Hacks. Um, but there was already an arrest in there, but definitely a tragic thing. Um, and, you know, Payne was not without some controversy in his life and his career but certainly anytime someone is killed, it's very tragic and seems even more so when that someone is 31 years young. On the other side of things, the NBA uh, playoffs still in full swing. We are in the second round now, the conference semifinals. In the good old Western Conference, we have Phoenix 
going up against Dallas. That's the one seed versus the four seed. The series is currently tied two games apiece. Also in the West, you have the three seed Golden State versus the two seed Memphis Grizzlies. Golden State currently leading that series two to one. Out in the East, you have number one seed Miami versus the number four seed Philadelphia. That series tied at 2-2. Let me see those 1-4 teams playing really even right now, actually. And then the 3-2 matchup is Milwaukee at three, Boston at two. Milwaukee currently leads that series 2-1. So in that other interesting note, in both leagues, the three seed is leading the two seeds two games to one. So each one of those teams having stolen a road win in the playoffs, always an important and mm -hmm. difficult thing to be able to do. Two more quick things, Stephen, and then I'll let you get you any comment, feedback that you want on these items. This one we'll just touch on briefly. You can go into it more if you want to. But uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, once again, undergoing some trade rumors for the 49ers. It's being said now that they're trying to deal the quarterback just before the 2022 training camp. You might remember that he was on the chopping block. He's actually been vocal about wanting to be traded. Then he blew out his shoulder. His trade value fell. 49ers said they're going to keep him until he has some trade value again. So, I don't know. They're going to continue, I guess, to try and... Um, see what they can get for him, but I don't know. In my opinion, a lot of the big NFL quarterback pieces have already fallen. Maybe the Panthers want him. They did pick up Matt Corral in the third round of the draft, but really other than that, they have Sam Darnold and P.J. Walker on their QB death chart, so maybe that's a landing place for Garoppolo? I don't know. And then last but not least for this week in sports, the Major League Baseball Power Rankings have been updated. Not going to spend a lot of time here other than to say the Dodgers are in first place, the Yankees in second, the Mets in third, Angels in fourth, and Padres in fifth. And then, Stephen, let's get a little interaction from you here, my friend. Where do yeah. you think your Cubs rank in the MLB Power Rankings? I want to go 27. 27, okay. And where do you think my Orioles rank? 25. Mm -hmm. Okay, good guesses. Um, okay. The Cubs sitting in at 28. Okay. And the Orioles yeah. sitting in at 22. Okay. So, you know, whenever, a little we, higher than I whenever we picked uh, my team, you said get ready for pain. And, you know, that's true. But uh, yeah. Cubby's not looking so well. No, I, I knew this year would be would be painful. Um, they fire, sale, fire sold last year at the trade deadline. And yeah. um, they're 9 and 18 and on the season. They've lost 14 of yeah. 17 and have looked. It's really bad along the way. Uh, Orioles, on the other hand, again, the hitting's been good. we got to get the pitching where it needs to be. But they moved up four places in this ranking list. They are currently 12-17, and 17, so five games behind 500. And, you know, they're not going to be making any big splashes anytime soon, but we'll take it. We'll take it. Yeah, the Cubs pitching's been really bad. Um, it's been... The weather's been extra bad in Chicago to start the year. They've had a lot of rainouts, a lot of cancel games, and then a lot of just really miserable weather. Um, which always makes it harder to to hit the ball. So, yeah, yeah, gonna be a long year for Cubs fans. A uh, couple other notes for you: the NFL announced today that the Seahawks and the Buccaneers will be playing in Germany. Okay, um, is that the first Germany game? I want to say so. Um, I'm trying to find. Um, trying to find some more on it, but it, they did just announce that they uh, they'll be playing in Germany. So, okay. Um, I'll do some more digging there. And then a couple other notes for you. I had one. No, it's gone. Huh. Uh, you didn't mention the Kentucky Derby. I didn't. I think that horse racing is cruelty to animals. I won't talk about it. So, well, uh, Rich Strike 
won uh, the Kentucky Derby over the weekend um, with 80 to 1 odds to win. So, um, interesting note there. Uh, I think this is the second longest. To, um, I think it's the second longest odds to ever win the Kentucky Derby. I guess if you're the type of person that wants to bet on animal cruelty, you could have come off really well then. That's true. Um, and Mike Brown is currently the head coach of two teams. Okay. Um, he is the uh, one of the lead assistants for the Golden State Warriors. Steve Kerr has tested positive for COVID-19 and will be out in game four. Mike Kerr or Mike Brown has been named acting head coach for that game. He was also hired today by the Sacramento Kings and will be their next head coach. So currently the head coach of two teams, Mike Brown. Not bad. I also didn't mention the NHL playoffs that are going on because, um, well, don't care. Don't watch. Don't care. Don't care. Our good friend Brandon would be very disappointed in us. I don't think he watches it either. <laughs> Plays it. All right. Well, do you have any comments that you need to make on my this week in news? Anything that jumped out to you that maybe we needed to dive into a little bit more? Uh, no sad news there for Adrian Payne. Um, hate that for him. And then. I think you had a note shortly after that. So Seahawks played Germany uh, November 13th. It'll be the first ever regular season game in Germany. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. I don't think Which, they've done any outside Interesting. Of... Interesting that it says first regular season game. It makes it sound like there's a playoff yeah. game. Which Yeah, first regular season. But we did play uh, all of those. Uh, yeah. We had the Super, Super Bowl, Bowl there. I'm muting for one second. Yeah. Uh, but talk, you know, about something. So... Um, so Nick's anti horse racing. Uh, Jen, did you, did you? I guess you watched the Derby. Are you a fan of the Derby? Are you a fan of the atmosphere? What's your What's your favorite part of the Derby? There. So I always find it interesting to see some of the outfits and stuff that come out of the Derby. People have some really crazy hats that they wear to that thing. Um, something I've never been to. I I went to school in the state of Kentucky, um, and a lot of my friends would go to like Keeneland and different places like that, which is small much smaller horse racing, but they would go to those. Um, it's an event I think I would like to go to one day. Is it hard uh, to get in? I don't really know. I mean, it's not as hard as like, you know, the Masters and not as expensive right. as like the Super Bowl Super or anything Bowl. like that. Yeah. But Also, um, do you know if like local, like, first of all, is there even a, is there even like a place that you can go bet on horses in Knoxville? I mean, I no, I don't think so. I don't think Knoxville has so, any. In Oklahoma Sports City, there's a place called Remington Park. And Jen okay. in our chat, correct me if I'm wrong or if things have changed since I've moved away. But growing up, as I understood it, Remington Park was this big like, place that you can go bet on the horses. And it was like a big place. But I don't think they actually raced horses there because I think horse racing was not legal. Or like gambling on horses wasn't legal. So it was like this, like it looked like it was the size of like horses could race there. But I think you just went there and like watched it on the TV and bet on him. I don't know. I don't know what Remington Park was. I'm gonna be honest. Never went. Um, anyway, I so I just wonder if like places like that, or if there's like if there is horse racing in your area, like if they put on Kentucky Derby, like watch parties. Like if I can dress up as if I'm going to the actual Derby, but go to the, like the local place. A lot and... of people do um, do watch parties. Yeah, um, a lot of like country clubs and places around here will do that. According um, to the old internet, Remington Park does do horse racing. Maybe they always did. I, I didn't remember them doing it when I was young. Gambling's become legal a whole it lot. It has. It has more mainstream lately. So uh, there's a good chance you're not wrong that it has been more recently. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention: uh, Did you see Rudy Gobert's comments on Shaq? No. 
Um, so Shaq said in a recent statement that Rudy Gobert would not be able to guard him, which is absolutely true. Um, and Rudy Gobert tweeted back today and said, I would lock his butt up with a lock lock emoji. Okay. So interesting. Um, Rudy Gobert, who has been very, uh, been at the center of a lot of controversy since the offseason began for the Utah Jazz. A lot of well, blame just, was put on him. It seems like a lot of players that have been knocked out of playoff contention want to jaw with these TNT guys, you know? You had KD and yeah. Barkley, and then oh. you got this one, so. KD was back in the middle of controversy. Well, that's where he thrives. All right, let's talk about the big issue of the night. Okay. So the NCAA um, Board of Directors have issued yeah. an NIL guidance to schools aimed at removing boosters from the recruiting process. That's yes. the headline from CBS Sports. Um, mm-hmm. Man, I was really going to give credit to the author of this article. I'll put it in the show notes. I'm also going to put it in the Discord chat right now, but I'm not oh. going to butcher this gentleman's name. Uh, Sheehan. Sheehan. Yeah, Sheehan, I could guess. Jerry Raha? Jerry Raha? See if I click on if it tells me. I don't know. Well, you know, a lot but of places anyway, give you like pronunciation. We'll, yeah, we'll link the article in the yeah. in the show notes as well in case you want to go and look at it. But we kind of knew this was coming. There's been a lot of murmuring around about some uh, issues with the NIL and how it's like people coaches are recruiting using NIL, both transfer portal and, of course, out of high school, and that there was going to be some guidelines. And it was interesting because last week when this was kind of – or the first time I saw it was last week – um, it really talked about how they would go after people who had used this strategy already. Um, and this article doesn't remove that possibility, but it does kind of like rein it in. So I'm just going to read this article real quick. Um, it's not very long. And then let's discuss this, Stephen, okay? Yeah, I got it you. says, the NCAA Division I Board of Directors announced new guidelines in regards to name, image, and likeness on Monday with emphasis on recruiting, specifically targeting um, inductments and new NIL collectives that have formed across the country. Um, so CBS has reportedly re- previously reported that the guidelines would be presented to member schools on Monday. Um, basically, it clarifies existing rules that explicitly disallow boosters from recruiting through either interaction or providing direct aid to students. The new clarification takes specific aim at so-called collectives created by booster factions to sign protective uh, perspective, sorry, student athletes from either high school or the transfer portal to contracts. Uh, so then here's a quote today. The division one board of directors took a significant first step to address some of the challenges and improper behaviors that exist in the name image and likeness environment that may violate our long established recruiting rules. This was from Jir Moorhead, the chair and of the board and the president at Georgia. Yeah, I want to make note right there. We'll come back to that point. Okay. He goes on to say, while the NCAA may pursue the most outrageous violations that were clearly contrary to the interim policy adopted last summer, our focus is on the future. So that's where I was talking about a minute ago, whereas last week it looked like they were going to go heavy after people that had done this. Now they're kind of saying, this is more for the future, but we might go after, according to him, the most outrageous violations that have taken place. 
<laughs> article goes on to kind of just define what a booster is, which is important for this conversation. So a booster is any third-party entity that promotes an athletic program, assists with recruiting, or assists with providing benefits to recruits, enrolled student-athletes, or their family members. A significant number of these collectives have popped up at major universities. Um, they've even said that maybe up to or more than 100. Now, they go on to point out a couple of the more notable ones. They point out two, to be specific. Um, in Miami, um, they have publicly signed prospects to NIL deals, including a two-year $800,000 deal with a digital help app called LifeWallet. The owner of that company is a Miami booster and an attorney. Um, so, obviously, conflict there. Or not conflict, but direct tie, I should say there. The right. other one, uh, Texas, also started what they deemed as a charity, the Horns with Heart, which provides at least 50000 to every scholarship offensive lineman on the roster. Right after the announcement of the initiative, the Longhorns landed a wave of blue-chip linemen to close out their 2022 recruiting class. So the new guidelines on Monday asked the NCAA enforcements to review violations to these new rules prior to May 9th on a case-by-case -case business. Again, they're not ruling out going after people, but they're kind of saying we're mostly looking ahead um, for the most egregious violations of that interim guidelines. Previously, the NCAA had only issued an interim policy on June 30th, just one day before all those NIL laws went into effect, in which case they kind of said that players could be represented, but NIL deals had to be um, reported and that uh, basically they were kind of bound by state laws of NIL. So that's, that's kind of the thing. Um, yeah. Cracking down on it. Yeah. I'll just, I will support that article with an article written by Ross Dellinger from SI. Um, you read a lot of what this says, but um, it says he notes here, Group of school presidents rubber stamped the guidance that college leaders hope will jumpstart the NCAA enforcement staff to investigate potential rules violations, both past and future, which is important to note. And then it says, um, here's a good note, and here's what I want to kind of focus on tonight is, despite the clarity coming 10 months into the NIL era, the guidelines are meant to be retroactive. According to guidelines, the NCAA enforcement staff is given the freedom to investigate those who egregiously violated bylaws in the past. Um... Any booster or booster like collector that has been found to have associated with a prospect about recruiting on another college team or in high school will be found to have violated NCAA rules, and the booster school is at risk of sanctions. I just don't understand how. Now, I get the tampering, right? I get the line of if uh, any booster has been found to have associated with a prospect about recruiting on another college team, that's an issue for me. And that comes directly from the, the drama this past week with Jordan Addison, the uh, last year's Boletnikoff winner for the top wide receiver in college football, um, who was lured into the portal by um, who many believe to be Lincoln Riley at USC. Um, he is now in the portal, which um, is probably the right choice as he was kind of debating on whether or not to go back to school at Pitt or go somewhere else. He has entered the portal um, which allows him the freedom to do either. Um, if he did not enter the portal, he would have missed the eligibility date, which was May 1st, which is really May 3rd. Uh, May 1st is whenever they they're supposed to declare to the school. The school then has 48 hours to put them in the portal for them to be eligible. So he has entered the portal. Um, a lot of speculation about where he ends up. Um, USC is amongst the leaders for that. Um, so... 
that's my biggest issue right now, and I have some other points we'll go into, but where does your big issue stand in the current world of NIL? Or do you have any major yeah, qualms? Yeah, well, um, so, uh, you know, I said this back when NIL came through that I thought that um, there needed to be a system for college players to receive compensation, that it was ridiculous that schools made all the money and the players made none. Um, and that they should be able to profit off this. However, I also said uh, many times, including whenever Texas, and that was kind of Texas was really one of the first big ones that jumped out, at least nationally. I'm sure there was probably some others about them, but when they started paying the offensive linemen $50,000 to be a part of this charity foundation, like that was one of the ones that kind of like, okay, we're starting to get into a pretty morally ambiguous area with how this NIL stuff can be. That's a lot different from saying such and such can go and hold a summer camp or can go and sign autographs mm-hmm. or sign jerseys or whatever to saying we're going to pay you $50,000 a year to come be our offensive lineman. Um, and we've seen it spiral really since then in even bigger ways than what Texas uh, did there. And and I said we got to find a way to rein this in. we got to find a way to put this on there. Now, I would 100% agree with you that it seems very unethical to start targeting players on another team to try to get them in the transfer portal to you. I, I, I think that has to be shut down. Now, if I'm playing devil's advocate, though, and I'm sitting there as a sophomore, junior, or whatever on another team, and I didn't have the opportunity to shop for NIL deals like these mm-hmm. high school players did or are getting to do, then, you know, it's hard to say, hey, I maybe wouldn't have come to Pitt if I knew that I could have gotten the money that I can get out in South Carolina or in, uh, in Southern Cal, right? Like Dr. Dre supports, you know, USC's program. Compare that to John from John's Pizzeria who supports Pitt. <laughs> Undoubtedly, I'm going to be able to. So, you know, I, I agree that it's 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 a bad look. And, you know, let's not pretend like it's probably the first time that Lincoln Riley reached out and recruited through the transfer portal. Hello, Kyle no, Murray. Um, no. He did not go. He, he only talked to USC like 24 hours before he took the job. Right. Sure, sure. He would never do anything. He would never, never do anything like gotcha. that. Um, so it, it's not appropriate, I don't think. But at the same time... You know, if I'm that college sophomore or junior, like I would be pretty ticked off if I'm stuck in Louisville when Miami's saying, dude, come down here and you get to be the poster boy on all these beach yeah. houses or whatever and get all this money. I think th- my other big issue here goes back to, and we talked about this a little bit the other night in our group text, was I can't remember who I was talking to, but I was talking to somebody um, who was a lawyer or was friends with the lawyer who knew a lot about kind of what was happening. And he said the NCAA has known for years that they were going to lose this court case. Eventually um, the, uh, the Ed O'Bannon lawsuit that kind of started the whole NIL argument. Right. And so he said for years, the NCAA has known that they are going to lose this argument and it's going to be, uh, voted on in favor of the players earning money on their name, image, and likeness. How, when this was launched, did we not have any kind of plan in place at all? To the point that 10 months into this, we're having to go in and start 
allowing retroactive rules to to take place. I mean, that's where my issue is. How can I get in trouble? Now, I, you know, you might be able to say, okay, well, this this kid hasn't signed yet, so therefore we are rendering his. You know, we we reviewed it. We said that the contact you made now currently violates what we deem the policy in place for recruiting. So that deal is no it's it's now null and void because it's no longer following the guidelines that we have. But how can you do that? How can you know? Let's say they target on that that horns for hope with the offensive lineman. They rule that as um, as a recruiting violation. How can they then go and and rule that against all the kids that have already signed, have already started collecting the money on that? That's not. They were following the rules in the moment. You know what I'm saying? So how do you turn around and, and take that away or or rule or give them not even take it away, but give them a violation for that if I they think, were following the rules of the moment? Well, but here and, and I think you're right in saying that the NCAA, whether it was by arrogance, thinking that they would win the Supreme Court case when the odds were so stacked against them by the fact that it just got to the Supreme Court. Like, you're having to appeal. And I don't know if it was, honestly, I don't know enough about that case to know if it was the NCAA that was having to t- continue getting it. But it sounds to me like it was the other guys who kept appealing all the way up to the Supreme Court. So maybe the NCAA thought that they would win that. It seems unlikely, you know, but either way, it was arrogance to get to the Supreme Court and not to have a plan in place for if this NIL thing happens. Um, but what I'm curious about and, and what I, what we need more clarification on is if there were rules, right. That say boosters cannot be a part of giving players money to incentivize them to come to your university. Does that rule supersede the whole, you know, horns for hope or insert whatever else, you know, whatever other organization it would be. Right. And I think that's why those organizations went and created a third party thing so that they could say, Hey, the boosters aren't the ones giving the money. It's this third party organization. That's just happens to be funded by the boosters. So it seems like the NCAA is saying, no, 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 no. That was very clearly against the rules. You just try to find a loophole in it. And they did find a loophole in it. And maybe it's not fair to punish them for it. Um, But that's my argument. If you want to change the rule, that's fine. Right? Like if you want to go and say, okay, this is now illegal. You can't do that. That's fine with me. I still, I still have qualms with it, but that, that's fine. It's the retroactive thing that is, that is, you know, makes no sense to me. Well, is, you know, but on the flip side of that, I'd be interested to see two, two things. What does the retroactive punishment look like? If you go back and say you can't have any of the money promised to you, that could be a problem. If you say whatever money you received up to this point, you get to keep anything else. You don't, this deal is null and void. Um, I think that's maybe more fair. Um, that allows no direct punishment for what's happened. As far as like you four linemen that signed have to sit out a year for an improper recruiting violation or Texas, you lose five scholarships because of this recruiting violation. But maybe it also says you don't get to keep paying them, you know, this $50,000 a year for the next four years, they get it this one time. Um, yeah. So that seems like that could be a more interesting. Here, here's what I think is going to happen, Stephen. What What's happens that? if Nike says, cool, we'll no longer be 
boosters to Oregon State. We're no longer Oregon. a booster. Or Oregon, sorry. We're no longer giving them money. We're no longer providing them this. We're not going to help with recruiting. We're not going to do any of that. Mm-hmm. Instead, we're going to find, we're going to fund, you know, the Nike Duck organization. And we're going to pay 25. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like the way around this is they're centering it around boosters. Boosters can't influence players from transferring or from, you know, signing with the school, even from the high school level. Cool. I'll just stop being a booster. I'll just yeah. stop. Now, obviously, I think that your probably bigger organizations, corporations, aren't going to do that because they've got such deep ties into the university. But if I'm like pals, sudden service, and I'm like, hmm, I used to provide, you know, free meals to training camp as a way of being a booster to the university, or I used to donate fifty thousand dollars a year, you know, to the university. I'm going to stop doing that. Instead, we're going to have the PALS organization that will get players here that way, and we just won't be a booster anymore. And I could see this hurting the universities because that booster money, I'm sure a lot of it goes to athletics, but I bet some of it doesn't. It'd be interesting. Uh, one more note from the uh, SI article here. NCAA enforcement has been unwilling and maybe even even unable to enforce existing bylaws, George and Smith said, George being... Uh, the Colorado athletic director and Smith being Ohio state's athletic director. Um, for one, the organization is concerned. Any enforcement will trigger a bevy of antitrust legal challenges, which I assume most schools that are really into the NIL collectives and all of that are already working towards and have those prepared to roll out if, and when this comes down and second, and this is the one that's interesting to me. The NCAA enforcement staff is ill-equipped for a full scale nationwide inquiry. It is down 15 to 20 members from pandemic layoffs. Okay, how is that our fault? <laughs> yeah. Why Why am I being punished? Because you didn't plan for something properly, and now you're... you're if you had a plan in place on the front end when you had full staff, then we wouldn't be having these issues now. Or if you had planned better, which, again, the pandemic came out of nowhere, and it was impossible to truly be prepared for it. But had you better prepared or better navigated the pandemic you wouldn't be down 15 to 20 players right or right. employees like this is this is just yet another ncaa egg on their face moment that further leads me to believe that we are just a few short years from the ncaa no longer being a governing body over um major college athletics i think we are moving toward that um but i mentioned i wanted to make a note on your uh whenever you read the article earlier mm-hmm. Uh, on chair of the board and, pre- and president at Georgia. Yep, yep. It has been rumored that the heads of this movement are Georgia and Alabama. Kirby Smart and Nick Saban have kind of spearheaded this, um, and that coincides with both of them currently struggling, not in a sense of they're not getting recruits right now, because they still are, but they're not dominating recruiting like they have the last few years. Do you think that's coincidental? Well... I don't know. I mean, how long has Jeter Moorhead been the, you know, chair of this board? Because, you know, I guarantee there are plenty of universities that want these changes to be made. So, you know, he might be a leading force on it, but merely because he's the president. Now, if he's been the president for six months, maybe there's a bit more of a correlation there than not. But I don't want to read too much into that. Um, You know, this is just like back when... They started saying you can't pay players back in the day and really smacking down on it. And we saw teams like Oklahoma and Nebraska fall off a little bit. And then they, they figured things out. I, I don't know. 
Everyone wants sure. to be a big conspiracy theory with Alabama and Georgia, some of those other teams. I just don't know if it's there. Georgia currently sits third in the recruiting rankings. They have seven four-star commits right now. Um, but some other teams that are currently in the top ten here are schools that have really done well with, with some of their NIL stuff. Tennessee sits at seventh. USA, USC sits at tenth. Um, Texas a and at 12. Uh, Penn State's at five. Texas Tech's at two, which mostly comes from them having 20 commits right now, which seems insane. Uh, the biggest... Imp- Note here, Alabama sits at 34th right now. They have only three commits. Now, some of that comes from most of your big names commit later in the cycles. But I just, you know, it's been rumored that Nick Saban has been against all of this from the jump. And what we know about Nick Saban is he is willing to adapt in the sport. And, you know, something we've talked about a lot is um, Nick Saban's ability to adapt while Dabo kind of seemingly seems unwilling to do so and, and how that's going to play out long-term. But we have these guys that have dominated recruiting for years, dominated the sport for years, right? I mean, Alabama has been just flat-out dominant for the last mm-hmm. decade. And it, now that other teams are kind of using this new government or new, using this new policy to their advantage, and it seemingly is not helping Georgia and Alabama in the way that it maybe has some other schools. It's interesting that they seem to be the ones, and I'm not saying this is rumored like from, you know, John Smith, Vol fan, you know, one, two, three, four on Twitter. There are legitimate sites putting out these rumors that are saying Kirby Smart and Nick Saban are very unhappy with the current way of NIL, and they're the ones kind of pushing this through. So something to definitely keep your eyes on as we move forward because there's a lot that's going to come down from this. Um, The articles mentioned that it was um, pitched to colleges today, um, or or I guess not pitched, but brought brought to colleges' attentions today, rolled out today, and we will know more in the coming days and weeks and months. Um, But yeah, a lot to unpack with what's coming, and a lot of... um, And I said this, we talked about when NIL was announced. I said, we will eventually have a change in this policy. They're not going to leave. Everybody's freaking out. College football has changed. They'll never be the same. Well, let give it time. It will either fix itself on its own or somebody will step in to make changes to it. And this is step one and somebody's stepping in to make changes. We'll see where it ultimately ends up. I'm hopeful that it ends up somewhere with like you were saying where you get paid for camps and you get paid for these events you go to and you get paid for all of that and we kind of get away from this free fifty thousand dollars given to anybody that signs to play offensive line and you know the, these the rumor where tennessee's quarterback commit nico ayamaleva is going to get you know what eight million dollars or whatever it is if he makes it so um I, you know i just don't think that I don't think where it's currently at is where it needs to be, but I also have issues with at least the wording that came out today. And maybe, you know, like you said, maybe the retroactive punishment is, hey, you can't do that. You have to pull it off the table. Or if they end up signing and getting that deal, then you will be punished at that time. You know, I'm okay with that kind of retroactive. I'm going to have an issue if. They say, well, all of those kids that you signed 
all those offensive linemen that you signed on that $50,000 contract, they're all ineligible for a year. You lose five scholarships, and you can't pay them. That's where I'll have an issue. With that said, yes or no, do you think Texas is one of the teams? Because I said, you know, we'll go after some of the more egregious violations of this. Do you think Texas fits into that? Will Texas get looked at? I say I would assume Texas gets looked at. I assume Miami gets looked at. I assume Tennessee gets looked at. With um, I'm on three, put out a ranking of um, their top five or ten um, NIL collectives right now, and Tennessee led the way. Their Spire Sports Collective was the leader in um, in the NIL ranking there. So um, I bet a lot of these schools. I bet USC gets looked at more so for the tampering than the the rumors of tampering, the allegations of tampering more so than they're collective necessarily. But um, yeah, I mean, I think all your big culprits are going to get looked at. I doubt that. Harsh. Okay. Sorry about that. We're back from that technical glitch. As I was kind of summarizing, wrapping things up, I agree with you, Stephen, that uh, some schools will be looked at. I think that like Miami and probably Texas and USC especially hadn't really considered Tennessee, but I, I agree with you that they could get looked at as well. Um, overall, though, I think that, like you said, there's a lot with this NIL stuff that's got to get figured out still. It's in its infancy. Let's see where it lands in six months, a year, two years down the road. But we'll keep following this. We told you back in the day that we'll follow the story, and we'll keep following the NIL and all of its advance and uh, changes and all that fun stuff through the years. Uh, okay, Stephen, we have our final segment of the night. Um, it is our time to debate a topic. Tonight's topic is, uh, is a hot dog a sandwich? What do you think about that? I mean, I don't, don't give me your answer. What do you just think about that topic in general? You think this is going to be something that you're going to be able to argue one way or the other? Um... Not as well as some of the past, but hey, we'll give it a go. All right, all right. Uh, you're not in grid fame anymore, so if you want to call back in, feel free to. If not, no big. Yeah, I got you. Calling in now. Uh, okay. One note as we're getting called back in. If As more of the legal stuff comes out on this, we might try to bring our good buddy Face back on if he's willing. Yeah, um, for sure. We'd love to do that. Discuss some of that. So we will keep you guys informed as we inform ourselves. All right, my roll. Uh, give me, give me, give me, give me the parameters. All right, right, so the higher roll has to argue that a hot dog is a sandwich. So higher is for is. Okay, yeah. my roll. Sorry, I clicked the dice, which made it go away. My roll is a three. Oh, roll a three. If I don't win this roll for the first time since doing this segment, I don't even. If I roll a natural one here, I'm gonna be so. All right, here we go. Here's my roll. <laughs> A 12. I win at least. <laughs> okay. I'm excited for this, man. Okay. So this you're arguing like... for... Yeah. Okay. Hot dog is a sandwich. Well, first thing we have to do is consult the dictionary. Okay? Because mm-hmm. this whole argument centers around what is or is not a sandwich. So the definition for sandwich, according to dictionary.com, is... Two or more slices of bread with a layer of meat, fish, cheese, etc. between them. And I know, those of you that are going to make the argument that a hot dog is not a sandwich, you just think you won the argument. Because it says two or more slices of bread, and a bun is not two or more slices of bread. However, argument number, or definition number two, a partially slit bread roll, pita, 
etc. with a filling. What is a hot dog? A hot dog, my friend, is a filling. Furthermore, Merriam-Webster Dictionary. So I went from maybe the less reputable dictionary.com to the certainly more reputable Merriam-Webster Dictionary has this to say. The word hot dog refers to either the sausage that you buy, either in a plastic plastic, yada, 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 yada. When it's served in a roll, it's also a sandwich. We know the idea of a hot dog is a sandwich is heresy to some of you. But given that the definition of sandwich is two or more slices of bread or a split roll having a filling in between, there's no sensible way around it. Stephen, there's no sensible argument for you here. Yeah, I, I tend to agree, but here we go. We're going to try to argue the flip side. Um, I think the, the biggest argument is that a hot dog stands alone by itself. It doesn't fall into a, a category, right? Like, it's not a sandwich. It's not, it's not anything. It's its own kind of genre of food. And so, um, you know, you did mention, I think, the traditional definition of sandwiches, which has been changed recently, so I think that helps your argument. But the traditional view of a sandwich is it's two separate pieces of bread with a with meat or filling in the middle, right? Um, I think it actually said meat, which I guess grilled cheese would not be a sandwich in that argument. So It said or filling. Or filling. Okay, okay, or filling, okay. So, um, you know, I, I'm not all that invested in the... Anger. I know a lot of people get very angry that a hot or adamant a hot dog is not a sandwich. Um, I, you know, I, I would argue that if you walked up and said, "Hey, give me a sandwich from from a place," they're not going to offer you a hot dog, even if they serve hot dogs. So, I think traditionally a hot dog would not fall under the sandwich um, genre. But I, I'm going to concede that I don't really care if you call it a sandwich. Not my best argument, I, I admit. But No, I think the strongest I, part of your argument is the fact that, you know, if you go to any sandwich shop yeah. or a hot dog, they're not going to serve it to you. They're right. They say, we serve sandwiches here. So. Right. And if you but, go to a hot dog vendor and say, give me a sandwich, they're going to look at you like you're crazy. Yeah. So. All right. What's the best topping on a hot dog? Oh, I'm not a huge hot dog guy. Um, I think you know that. Um, so I'm a pretty basic, um, I'm pretty much, I, I like ketchup and some diced onions on there. That's about all I put. Um, I want, I want some cheese in my hot dog though. Yeah. Cheese in a hot dog is, uh, and pretty, pretty much a mandatory. It ups the game. It ups the games. I am a yeah. little disappointed that you, um, go for, I hate um, mustard. Yeah. That's, you're a bad person. I like mustard is mandatory I on a hot dog, man. I just don't like, I don't like mustard. I like ketchup, honey, but I do not like mustard. Ketchup is just too sweet. No. But again, the only... Wait, Jen I, was in a hot dog eating contest. She ate 15 hot dogs in five minutes. Ew. That's three hot dogs a minute. And then did you keep all 15 That's up? That's roughly one hot dog every 33 seconds. No, I just, if, if I'm at a baseball game, I can eat a hot dog. Like, it's kind of like the... I don't know. It just fits in the setting, I guess. But mm-hmm. you know, it's like whenever you go to uh, to your Disney on Ice, and your daughter wants cotton candy for thirty seven dollars. Mm, yeah. Like it's just that kind of you have to do it. 
I will say I like hot dogs. I have to be in the mood for them, but when I am in the mood for them, I enjoy them. But I don't really ever just want like a plain dog with like mustard on it. If I if I have to eat a plain dog, I will want mustard on it, not ketchup. But I like to dress my dogs up. Give me a chili cheese dog. That's fantastic. Yeah. Give yeah. me a hot dog with sauerkraut and mustard. Also delicious. A very different palate taste. See, um, I would argue. I would argue instead of a chili cheese dog, just give me a Petro. Yeah. It's save save meat. the meat. It's not save good the meat, but dog. give me some meat, you know? Well, yeah, right. I just, I don't know. I'm not a huge hot dog guy. But, um, Either way. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't consider it a sandwich, personally. I am not adamant that it's not a sandwich. I'm not going to throw a temper tantrum about it. Um, I think we could all is. agree that this hot dog is a sandwich argument falls into the same vein as is tomato a fruit. Technically, yes. Yes, a hot dog yeah. is a sandwich, to- tomato is a fruit, but you'd be dumb to call it a sandwich, and you'd be dumb to order a fruit salad with tomato in it. True. Sure. So, what about a hamburger? Hamburger a sandwich? Yes, I would say hamburger is a sandwich. So I'd put it in the separate category with hot dogs. What about, like, a Philly cheesesteak? That would I would call a sandwich. Mm-hmm. See, a lot of Phillies are on the split roll, too. Fully cut. Yes. I know. I, I mean, I'm not saying it's a logical argument, but it's the same thing. I if I, I go to, um, you know, Firehouse, I can order yes. a Philly, but I can't order a That's burger. true. But see, now you're getting into the sub versus. I don't know what to tell you. See, see what, what is, what you know, as a hot, a hot dog might be a sandwich, but it's definitely not a sub. I think hot dogs and hamburgers are just their own unique category. It's a cookout food. Join us next week as we discuss what is a taco. All right. You got anything else we need to go? No, I'm good. All right. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to episode 80 of the Sports Corner Podcast. Yes, we made it to episode 80. Tonight, we talked about the NIL changes. We talked about this week in sports. We talked about hot dogs. We talked about so much more. Thank you for joining. Please follow us on social media. Please give the podcast a like and a share. Help us grow the show. Until next time, that's Steven. I'm Nick. This has been another fantastic episode of the Sports Corner Podcast.